0: Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, June 30th. The Supreme Court ends its blockbuster term with new rulings and a new justice. But what endures is an emboldened conservative majority. There were some big rulings out of the Supreme Court today, the final two opinions handed down from the court, but nothing will really top the historic nature of today. I, Ketanji Brown Jackson, do solemnly swear that
1: I will support. and
0: Because Ketanji Brown Jackson was officially sworn in as the 116th justice of the United States Supreme Court. And she is the first black woman to ever serve on the nation's highest court. Now, Justice Jackson took two oaths today. Chief Justice John Roberts delivered the constitutional oath and Justice Stephen Breyer administered the statutory oath. And Justice Breyer, of course was doing so in his final act as a Supreme Court justice because it is he who Ketanji Brown Jackson is succeeding after his nearly three decades of service on the bench. There will be the formal investiture ceremony for Justice Jackson in the fall. That's when, if you recall, you may see that image where the chief justice greets the newest member of the court on the steps of the Supreme Court. So there will be some pageantry at that time in the fall, at the beginning of the term. As you may recall, President Biden nominated Jackson back in February, and the United States Senate confirmed her to the position in April. Here was Biden celebrating that confirmation back at a White House event on April 8th.
1: This is going to let so much shine, sunshine on so many young women so many young Black men, so many minorities, that it's real. It's real. We're going to look back and see this as a moment of real change in American history.
0: And as for Jackson herself, she clearly is aware of how monumental this moment is and her position in American history is. Here was she at that very same White House event.
1: It has taken
0: 232 years and 115 prior appointments for a black woman to be selected to serve on the Supreme Court of the United States. But we've made it. I strongly believe that this is a moment in which
1: all Americans can take great pride.
0: As I mentioned at the top, the Supreme Court's monumental term ended with quite a bang today. Two major rulings. First, on climate change, the court handed down a 6-3 opinion that limits the EPA's, the Environmental Protection Agency's, authority to regulate power plant emissions. Now, that's a decision that will have a domino effect in the fight against climate change. In his majority opinion for the court, Chief Justice John Roberts wrote, quote, Our precedent counsels skepticism toward EPA's claim that the law, quote, empowers it to devise carbon emissions caps based on a generation-shifting approach. The conservatives think this, essentially, that Congress should be the one to assign specifically what the EPA can regulate and what it cannot, really at a micro level. That is something that the three liberals who dissented totally disagree with. Justice Elena Kagan, in her dissent, sounded the alarm about global warming, writing, quote, The court appoints itself instead of Congress or the expert agency, the decision maker on climate policy. She goes on to write, I cannot think of many things more frightening. This court ruling is going to make it much harder for the Biden administration to slash carbon emissions, which was a main goal of the Biden administration. And carbon emissions are one of the main drivers of global warming. President Biden called the EPA ruling today, quote, another devastating decision that aims to take our country backwards. And he was committed to the notion that he, quote, will not relent in using my lawful authorities to protect public health and tackle the climate crisis. The second major decision from the high court today was on immigration policy, and this was a 5-4 opinion that actually handed President Biden a victory, although one with caveats and could potentially be just a temporary victory. This relates to the Trump-era policy known as the Remain in Mexico policy, and the court ruled that the Biden administration can end that Trump-era policy. But here's the catch. The lower court has to take a look at this again first. This policy, in a nutshell, is that instead of detaining or releasing asylum-seeking migrants within the United States, this policy allowed the Department of Homeland Security to send certain non-Mexican citizens who entered the U.S. at the southern border back to Mexico to await their immigration court hearings. More than 5,000 migrants have been sent to Mexico under this policy since December. That's according to the U.N.'s Migration Agency. These two decisions just were the end to a tumultuous Supreme Court term. Obviously, the pinnacle of that tumult was the decision from the court to overturn 50 years of precedent by overturning Roe v. Wade and eliminating a federal constitutional right to abortion. Very consequential court ruling has sent governors and state legislatures and politicians of all stripes scrambling to figure out how to respond. And that includes the president of the United States, who on the world stage today had this to say about the Supreme Court.
1: The one thing that has been destabilizing is the outrageous behavior of the Supreme Court of the United States on overruling not only Roe v. Wade, but essentially challenging the right to privacy.
0: The president upping his rhetorical criticism and attack on the court, and that was met with a muscular response by Senate Minority Leader Republican Mitch McConnell, who called Biden's comments unmerited and dangerous. In a written statement, he said, Attacking a core American institution like the Supreme Court from the world stage is below the dignity of the president. He went on to write, He's upset that the court said the people, through their elected representatives, will have a say on abortion policy. That does not destabilize democracy. It affirms it. Beyond his criticism of the court's ruling on Roe, Joe Biden made some news today about how he hopes the Congress will respond.
1: I believe we have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law. And the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. And if the filibuster gets in the way, it's like voting rights. It should be we provide an exception for this, require an exception to the filibuster for this action to deal with the Supreme Court decision. Of
0: course, the question becomes, how aggressively is Joe Biden going to push for that? Because what became clear again today, the math in the Senate simply isn't there to even do a carve out for abortion rights or privacy rights or voting rights, because Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, two Democrats, remain committed again today from statements from each of their offices to not supporting that notion. They do not support a change in the filibuster rules, even for those specific issue areas. So that means Joe Biden is left hoping that he can get a couple of more Democrats elected to the Senate in November in what is going to be a very tough political environment for Democrats. But he's hoping to expand the Democratic majority by a couple of votes so that he has the numbers to actually make this change. Of course, if the House of Representatives falls to the Republicans, the notion of any law passing through Congress to get to the president's desk that codifies Roe into law is far fetched.